Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. May your tummies be full and your fridge still full of leftovers. Thankful you're spending part of your weekend with us. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, Patrick Quinn on audio. And friends, let us put to rest the rumor that Kegley is still in a tryptophan coma. Because here he is with his conscious, sitting upright right now. I, I don't know if upright's the term there. I don't know. He's, some, he's, somewhat, he's somewhat upright. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm almost in refeeding position where I can get fed again. <laughs> you know what? You know how guys practice their crunches to get a smaller stomach. Mike practices crunches because he got to get up to eat again. <laughs> it's right. called capacity, Brad. Capacity. <laughs> he's, he's, on a, he's on a timer, little wheel that, like, that after so much time, it props him back up again to an upright position. What he eats, and then and then food drops in. <laughs> you're, you're not. He's like I had the, I had this rental car in Vegas last weekend that. They would just went nuts when you didn't buckle up, right? If you didn't buckle up fast enough, Mike has that for food. If you don't <laughs> eat, it just. <laughs> My wife's like, what? What do I make for for the the the, the Thanksgiving dinner? She listed like fourteen foods. I just nodded. She goes, "I was wanting you to select." I go, "They're all good." <laughs> I did all <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, for Christmas, you need to buy him a second fridge, put in the garage. Uh, well, you know what they have down here in Texas is brisket for thanksgiving so now you can have a turkey and brisket oh boy well it's awesome anyone listening we want you to know we made mike promise that he will mute his mic if he feels the need to burp because we just don't uh need that it's a it's a family show uh last time i checked so sit back and enjoy like mike another busy busy show lots of football to talk about and we'll hear from Brett Bielema and Matt Stevens is standing by in the orange room over here for a bit of analysis. It's a lot. at Northwestern Saturday afternoon, 2 30 PM kick at the soon to be renovated Ryan field uh, guys. Let's start though with hoops right now, as we now know a little bit more about this Illini basketball team, a split last weekend in Las Vegas, huge win Friday night uh, against a UCLA and just uh, what a performance that was coming back then against um, a, a very tough and veteran Virginia team. Uh, and then uh, back at home now, Friday night, uh, versus Lindenwood. Yeah, I, th- I think you learned a few things. First of all, Illinois is going to be good, and, and they're good now, and they're going to be really good by the end of the year as they keep developing as these freshmen get experience. Virginia is a team that is a th- – this is where Illinois struggles. You can see a team that wants to run with them. UCLA tried to push it a little bit and one didn't mind getting out and, and moving. Virginia never got sped up. They're old. They're veteran. And yet Illinois still had the lead with f- under four minutes to go. But Virginia just made those plays down the stretch, and they just never wilted. They never fell apart. They never turned it over. They never made the poor decisions, and Illinois did because they're just they hadn't been in a game against a team like that. And um, you know, I think they learned a lot about themselves as well. Yeah, I think uh, what I was surprised about is is I was totally prepared for this young team to have some growing pains. And to be honest with you, I thought their performance was excellent in Las Vegas. I'm not saying that they won't have growing pains because they're a young team, but I didn't think they would gel and play that well that early, particularly that second half against UCLA. 
you're right. And against two really good teams. I mean, we talked before that this may be the best weekend of college basketball. We'll see the entire season in terms of four teams, all ranked two recent national champions, another with a, in a recent final four. And then Illinois, uh, maybe the up and coming program in terms of what Brad Underwood has done there. And I agree with you guys. I went in thinking I'd be happy with a split. I was happy with the split, but to your point, happier the way they played uh, Brad, as you mentioned, there are things at the end of the end of the game against Virginia that that they learned, and it, it was a nine point finish at the end, right? Um, seventy nine seventy. It was really only a two point game. Uh, oh they, yeah, yeah. Know, the rest was was on free throws. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, Illinois had a chance to to win that game. I mean, they had the lead, they had multiple chances, and they turned it over, and they missed open shots and took some bad shots down the stretch. But I mean, they had the lead under four minutes to go, and it was just the the end uh, the end run by Virginia. And so, yeah, they had a chance to win. And that's how, you know, the reality is if you put yourself in that position against that team, you're going to win, you know, you're going to win your share of games against top 10 teams then. And you saw them win one and lose one. So this is what happens when you put top, no, no team. I'll tell you right now, Illinois going to lose more games as the year goes on. So, and, but so are all these other teams, except maybe Houston. I don't know if they have a, they may not, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, but everybody else, they're, they're going to lose games. They're going to have games when they don't, uh, you know, can't finish or miss some shots or whatever because of the margin of error right now between these top teams, they're so close. But Illinois is one of those top teams. Yeah, I tell you what, the, this team has is, is played well. And and the excitement of seeing a player like Jaden Epps play so fantastic uh, early on, um, watching the team gel, pressing. And when you only have, you know um, – three players who got much minutes last year on this team and seeing what they're doing out there on the court. I've been so impressed with both the players ability to learn and the coach's ability to develop them quickly. And no rest for the weary again, Friday night, uh, Lindenwood at home next Tuesday. It is Syracuse uh, at state farm center, the uh, ACC big 10 challenge and a time to uh, shut Jim Bayheim's trap and the things he's been saying, brother, you lost to Colgate for the second <laughs> You're in a row. Coach your team. Try some man man to man. (laughs) You're in the ACC and you're not going to the NCAA tournament. Sorry. Deal with it. Anyway, they come in Tuesday and then at Maryland and uh, Texas and then Penn State. So, um, again, you've got some a a lot of challenges here in the next three weeks. This Illini team, we will talk more hoops in a bit, but hang with us a quick timeout. And then we'll break down Illinois and Northwestern in football. The Wildcats last win was in the summer, but the season gets a lot better with a win over their rivals. Uh, Matt Stevens breaks it down for us next on the Sports Spectacular. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. This segment presented by Busey Bank, proud sponsor of the Potting Illini and of this fine show. Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com joins us now ahead of the Illini date at Northwestern. Uh, let's start with a, a place rarely visited by the Illini. The postseason, uh, bowl berth clinched a, few, a month ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, you know what? I've been asked a few times this week, is there a path for the Illini to the Big Ten championship game? And the answer is yes. But Matt, uh, as we were talking in the break here, uh, if you allow me to go back to the 80s, 
Um, that's a rickety pre-Columbian rope bridge, a la Romancing the Stone. You, you can get across, but it, it it's going to take some effort. Am I right? Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this on like a Saturday, you you know whether probably know whether or not Illinois still has a chance. That's because, right. Um, the Black Friday game holds everything in the palm of every, of three teams' hands, and it's Iowa, Purdue, and Illinois. If if Ricky Joseph can get one more win as an interim head coach, then Purdue and Illinois still have a shot of going to Indianapolis. But if Iowa can win that game, guess what? They and their putrid offense that we've been talking about nationally all year long are headed to Indianapolis to play the Big Ten East, to play the Ohio State Michigan winner. So those are your scenarios. Illinois needs a Nebraska win, and then they need Indiana to win the bucket, and they need Tom Herman to get off that hot seat, which will happen in 2023. Um, if he doesn't win, if he doesn't win the bucket, um, and and they they Indiana needs to win that game in Bloomington over Purdue, and then Illinois, all they have to do is beat a one in ten Northwestern team, and by God, they're in Indianapolis at that point. So welcome to the Big Ten West, everybody. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, is it? No. <laughs> and, and you know, I gotta say, Matt, I, I thought Illinois gave a great effort at Michigan. I mean, I don't know that you could have really asked for more from what either staff or the players um, obviously things didn't go their way down the stretch with a couple and we can say that you know some play calls we could blame uh, officials call whatever it might be but overall just uh they had a chance to win at number three Michigan at the end of the game that's got to feel really good for that program you would think, um, and, and I think in hindsight, Brad, you're a coach too. You, you you get about a couple of months away from it, and you start to feel a lot better about what you put together over 60 minutes. Because, like you said, they were nine seconds away from being the number three ranked team in the country in front of 100,000 plus in their park, you know. And but at the time, Brad, and I think this is this is what kind of separates the program build of Brett Bielema from where Illinois has been. They, they went into the locker room and they were ticked as hell I mean, and, and, and mad and, and didn't really want to do a whole lot of media. And, and they, they, they were really, really ticked off, starting from the head coach all the way down. And I think that this is what sets up the difference between Brett Bielema's Illini program and, and everything you've seen prior to that, because I think a lot of previous administrations would have tried to build off of a Three, you know, a two-point loss at Michigan in the final seconds immediately. And Brett Bielema did not want to build off that immediately. He'll build off that in the offseason, and he'll build off that in years to come going into next season. But in the in the moment, all there was was a whole bunch. There were 74, co- 74 players and, you know, a dozen or so coaches that were really, really ticked off about that game. And I think that shows you how close Illinois thinks they are to being – a relevant program, not only in the Big Ten West, but in the Big Ten um, overall, and where they want to go under Brett Bielema now as we're finishing up year two. So, Matt, they they go into Northwestern. Is this team going to be mad as heck and not going to take it anymore, or have they expended themselves emotionally, and will they potentially be um, a possibility of, of getting caught by these uh, Wildcats? I, I think they flushed it, Mike, and I, I got to be honest. I think after everything that's happened with their head coach, and he wasn't there Sunday, he wasn't in the building Sunday, he was barely in the building at all Monday, um, short of late at night when they, he got back from his mom's funeral. Um, they've been, been put through the ringer. You know, they've 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 experienced every kind of loss. They think they feel like they can. At least they they've experienced every kind of one possession, single digit loss that they possibly can, and they kind of have to flush it because. 
they know you know, a lot of these guys weren't on this team, but like guys like Paucho, guys like Chase Brown, they were from, they are familiar with the idea of the 2019 game where Illinois came off of, you know, the Iowa game and wasn't, it wasn't a great experience when they were already bowl eligible. And quite honestly, there was an idea that they really didn't have that much to play for. And they kind of got bullied by a Northwestern team that wasn't going anywhere. And this was their Super Bowl. So they, they've experienced that not that far long ago. And I don't think Brett Bielema is, is wanting that to happen. It's a very, very interesting week with finals with them on fall break. Um, the players don't have classes. So all they have to do is kind of worry about this game and worry about football. And I, I think that that's, that's probably the best thing for these guys is that they, they have these two o'clock practices that they really all have to worry about. And all they're doing now is watching film and getting treatment in the, in the, in the training room and um, you know, trying to figure out what they're doing for their holiday plans. Because uh, if they had more time to think about that loss against Michigan, I don't think it would be good for this program. I don't think it would be the good, good for the guys in that locker room. Matt, one last question here, and I don't want to get into the retrospective thing too early because obviously there's a lot of football to come. There's this weekend. uh, There's the, chance possibly again uh, let's see what happens on friday of course as we're recording sure. before the holiday and of course there's a bowl game and, and the extra practices that come with that which is how you build a successful program by having extra time to put work in but what happened in november when i think about where this team was going into the month um i joked last week and called it the curse of the college football playoff they were riding high until they got ranked into that and then it all it all has, has come undone um how much regret when they when they get done with the season, look back and say, you know what, we should have had at least two of those games, if not three of them. I think there's going to be a lot of these guys that look at the 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 championship game the next week in Indianapolis if they're not there and say we should have been there. Yeah. And and I think there's going to be a lot of autopsy being done on this on this season by the coaching staff here at Illinois. And what I mean by that is, how do we not run out of gas again? Because I think there was a lot of thought process around. You know, Chase Brown, this offensive line, can we keep them basically, can we keep gas in the tank for 12 straight weeks? And I don't know if this staff was able to do that. From a defensive standpoint, you started seeing injuries pile up on Ryan Walters' defense, specifically the secondary. And now Illinois is having to play true freshman and redshirt freshman back there. So I do think that there's an autopsy that's going to be done by Brett Bielema and his staff about how can we figure out a way that once November comes, we either a have gas in the tank for our guys that are really, really important. And we all know what those position groups and and position players are. And two, how do we possibly scheme some things to where when people make adjustments to us after they've seen us in September and November, how do we make an adjustment to where we can come up with some things that we can do so that we can counter those adjustments in real time? Because I do think that there are some defenses out there, Michigan state and Purdue specifically that, that kind of schemed their way into taking some things away from Illinois. And when you take away the bread and butter this year, there wasn't a plan. I wouldn't even say there, there was a plan B. There wasn't a plan C or D. And I think that that's going to be part of the offseason autopsy. And I do think that's going to be a huge part of these 15 bowl practices hmm. and what you see in the spring coming up. Yeah. And again, keep in mind, as we've said before, um, you know, we were talking with, um, you know, on the other show, Clayton Safey uh, from the Wolverine.com you know, again, looking back at that game last week, and even he said, you know, look, what Brett Bielema has done in, in two years with that program is is miraculous. And it really is. And I, I think at the same time, I hope that while the players are going to look at that, the coaches and 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 rightly so, help the fans also understand, too, that that Bielema has yet to fully put his stamp on this program in terms of the players that he's bringing in 
seeing playing time, being you know college ready, D1 ready um, to contribute. And I think that's still to come as well. So uh, there is uh, hope ahead. Hey, Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. Some great insights as always. We appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the time in Evanston and happy Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday, guys, and have a great holiday weekend. Appreciate it. Appreciate Take it. Take care. Here. And uh, again, great stuff from here here and also all the time on IlliniGuys.com. Some great writing this week, guys. We didn't get a chance to talk to Matt about um, but if you do get a chance to go on and, t- and broke down in terms of Chase Brown last week, um, thinking he might have broken his ankle and instead going out and uh, just having um, a career day. Um, and we're going to talk more about K- Chase here in just a moment. This segment presented by Busey Bank. Brett Bielema's thoughts on this program he- heading into the season finale. That's coming up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. Well, it's very likely that this is the last regular season game in Chase Brown's Illinois career. He is in the nation's leading rusher the entire season. No other running back has held that spot in the country all year. And let us not lose his performance against Michigan, as we referred to a moment ago. Uh, Let that get lost um, in the heartache of the final result. 140 yards, two touchdowns on an ankle that a week earlier he thought was broken. And guys, uh, on Saturday against Northwestern, he can break the school record for most rushing yards in a season. Yeah, he's been pretty amazing. I, I don't know. I mean, he's a he. You know, he's semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award, one of ten guys. I think he's going to be a finalist as well. I mean, he's that kind of guy. He's and he he might win. I'll be honest, especially if Corum is injured. I, I think he does have a chance to win that. And you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I think he should be. Um, if he continues as another big game uh, this weekend, I feel like he should be in New York uh, on, on that Saturday night. I'm not saying he's going to win or should win, but he should be one of those five guys that, that gets to go. So, I don't know. He, he should be, Brad, but somehow the Heisman Trophy has turned into a team award, you know, and yeah. if, you're, you know, if you don't have one loss or less, you don't win it, which is ridiculous. Um, I think Chase Brown has comported himself incredibly. He's turned out to be a leader on and off the field. Um, He's one of those guys that I feel just like I did when Io um, moved into the NBA. I feel like we're going to get to enjoy him in the professional ranks, and that'll be awesome to continue that fandom with him. Yeah, what Chase has done, just simply remarkable. I don't think we mentioned also 221 yards away, all-purpose yards away from becoming the first uh, Illini to gain 2,000 all-purpose yards in a single season. 
already those 10 100-yard games, also a school record. Um, it's just uh, fantastic what he has done, and uh, certainly some hardware waiting for him in December. So it's Illinois at Northwestern. Head coach Brett Bielema, uh, as you know, lost his mother last Thursday morning. He shared some memories of her as he reflected on what was a very emotional weekend during his weekly news conference earlier this week. I began to hear from people right away, and then, you know, people didn't hear about it until they saw the game, right? And then people didn't hear about it until after the game. Um, I would say the people that knew her well knew who she was, but the people that met her through me, uh, whether it be a post-game celebration at my house, met her at a bowl game, uh, bowl reps, you know, that I heard from, coaches that I worked with in the past, uh, just always said that your mom is a special. And maybe the word special gets used too much, but uh, there's really no other way to describe her. She's a very giving person. Um, everything was about other people. Um, it was never about her, um, you know, from the um, early members to the last one. It's always been about the other people. So I think, um, you know, I told this to my team uh, uh, Friday night. Um, my dad was talking to me um, on Friday uh, before I talked to the team. And uh, when Chase got rolled up on the sidelines over there, you know, who's obviously one of our good players at the end of that uh, uh, Purdue game, the first thing she had saw the special on Chase and Sydney's mom, right? And She'd asked me about their mom and their family and their situation, and the first thing she said when she saw Chase get rolled up was like, boy, I hope her mother's there, right? That's what my dad said. It was the first thing out of her mouth, and um, that's only something a mother would have that perspective. How's your dad doing and your family doing? Okay. Uh, dad, I think, is going to go through a daily adjustment. I talked to him this morning. Um, it was interesting. Uh, you know, he talked about that first night that he didn't wake up with her, right? They've been married for, uh, you know, 62 years is a long time, and... Uh, Saturday, Sunday night, I went home, and when I was home, like, my mom knows I love coffee, so whenever I was home, she would always say, I'm starting a pot of coffee, so when you get up in the morning, there's going to be a pot of coffee for you, and uh, went to bed Sunday night, and woke up early Monday, uh, day of her funeral, and it was a little before five, um, and I went upstairs, and there was a half pot of coffee uh, made, and I just, my heart stopped, I'm like, because you think about things she did, right, so, um, sounds silly, uh, but, but that's, that's the way I remember Move on to something else. But what, what did you get a sense of what this game means to the team, program, community, playing? North you know, I think we built it last year. Um, you know, when I got here, there were some things that were said uh, from our end, right, from the Illinois end that uh, to me were a little bit out of balance for someone that has lost uh, six in a row to them, you know. So really talked about respect. Um, I showed that, you know, Wisconsin and Northwestern, when I got here at that time, they had won, you know, um, I believe it was three of the – or five – the last five, three and two, those two teams had won them. So – a lot about respect, um, uh, and in the game itself, we played very well. Uh, obviously, I think they functioned well. Um, at the end of the year, we're playing good, and that's my challenge to them this week. You know, they're a, a Northwestern. Obviously, it's a one ten football team that has played really good. I think if you ask uh, Ohio State and Purdue, uh, two of their last three opponents, you know how good they are. I think they'd have an answer for you that uh, they come to play every day. They're extremely tough. They're physical. They're well coached. Um, uh, they were in a championship game two years ago. It's not like I forgot how to how to win games over there. You talk a lot about complimentary football. Yeah. We, a lot of people go to offense, defense, complimentary. How do special teams, how important are they? Huge. When we played well on special teams, we've really kind of overall played well. Um, when we've had misfires or miscues, um, they come back to get us in field position game, um, momentum. Um, you know, if you think about the very first plays of the season, we had a kickoff return that went to the, uh, you know, dang near midfield and, and how much of an effect that had on the sideline. And uh, the return game is kind of a little bit harder to manufacture just because it's a lot of it depends on. Uh, your opponent, what they want to do or what they want to give you. Um, uh, but uh, for us, you know, we've, we've got we to do better in our cover units and we got to do better in our kickoff return and punt return units to create a position. Clearly, uh, you know, 
Brett Bielema, it really um, has done a great job at the Illinois program, but he knows that they have work to do. They're, they're not, they're not happy with what happened against Michigan. And I think that, you know, I, I think you learn that, you know, you learn how to, they got to learn how to win. And he understands that they're just that they're inches away. You know, what do we always say? They're like, we always make the joke about coaches that say they're four plays away from being undefeated or something like that. Well, literally these guys are um, in, in a weird fashion. So it's just, um, he's done a great job. And I think the focus is on Northwestern and, and they, they understand what's in front of them. Yeah. And shades of the basketball program, you know, coach Underwood knows what he wants out of a team and expectations for success. And if you recall that second year, you know, he kept pushing that team and they didn't have the success they wanted. And then all, but you could see all the pieces coming into place for the three-year run the Illini had been on in basketball. I feel like the, the template that the basketball program laid down is, is very similar to what coach B is running for the football program. Feels like there's a, it feels like the eighties are coming back again, which would be great. Absolutely. And when you think about it, um, it's, it's really amazing when you have to go back to the Wisconsin game of last year to have an Illinois team uh, that wasn't uh, in a game, even the losses, they've been close losses, one score losses, that kind of thing. Uh, Illinois Northwestern coming up on Saturday. That's a two 30 PM central time kickoff. Up next, we go back to hoops, Tim Anderson of the Illini basketball staff, the assistant coach joins us next. Stay with us. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. It's the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, and joined by a very special guest here on the Coach's Corner, Tim Anderson. And what an impact he has made on this program uh, coming up. It feels like he's been here for much longer than uh, a year and change, but uh, he is here. Um, Coach, hope you're having a, a good holiday week. I, I want to start with um, you know these two games in Vegas, uh, obviously you want to get two wins. Um, but I thought this, this team, uh, as an outstanding, somebody standing on the outside, looking in made great strides and the win and even the loss as well in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a, a great opportunity for our guys to get out there and, and, you know, play against a lot of different type of styles and, you know, then play against a veteran team like Virginia who had, you know, uh, four fifth-year guys and starting point guard back from a championship-level team. Just a team that wasn't going to beat themselves. And, and we did some things down the stretch that we wish uh, we could have back. And um, and it's just a learning experience, especially for our younger guys to be able to be in that environment. You know, it's kind of like a you know NCAA tournament, you know, type of environment. Tim, as you as you look at your your squad, what is what what is the next step for these young players? They get in these tough situations. If there's one thing that they got to figure out, what is it? Well, I just think I think the biggest thing for them guys is, um, you know, uh, just a lot of things that you were able to do in high school and hey, you you won't be able to do it at this level, you know, because of the structure and the way defenses are built and all that type of stuff. It just you know, being confident and seeing things and, you know, uh, especially our younger guards, you know, they just, they got a lot on their plate, you know, on top of running offense and defense, different calls and baseline out of bounds and guarding certain things a certain way. And, um, and, and they just learning the, the, the ability for them to, to, to take uh, information and relay it and, and to put it into progress and stuff like that. So just the amount of information that they can take and, uh, and apply it, you know, and that's that's one of the main things I, I think we're waiting on for those guys to, 
you know, eventually become sophomores mentally. And I think once that happens, I think we'll be we'll be really, really good. Coach, you're you're famous for, you know, being able to build people's skills, get players in the NBA. How do you approach skill building for a college team during the season? Well, you know, it's a lot of things that we try to, you know, brush up, you know, with guys uh, daily. You know, we don't we don't we don't get in the gym and kill it right now because of the the, the nuances and, and, the, and the rigor of the season. Um, that's something that you do in the summer. You kind of work to improve your individual individual game for the end of season. It's, it's normally, you know, more so the team thing. But um, we have a few things that we do, you know, daily vitamins that we do and, you know, try to keep these guys real, real sharp at the areas of 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 of. Of uh of strength and also just to improve a few things too. So, um, and it's just I was literally talking to Tyler uh, a little bit ago, and, and one of the main things that you know for me that I always say I think it's 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 better to be skillful than talented. And uh, and, you know, a lot of people are talented, you know what I'm saying, but to be really really skillful, I think that's 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 the that's the new wave and the new you know, era of basketball, especially at the next level, guys that can pass, dribble, shoot, um, you know, have multiple, you know, be be like a, a – have multiple, you know, skill assets. And the talented part is good too, you know, being able to run fast and jump high and, and dunk and all of that. But skillful is take you take you a little bit further. Talking with Tim Anderson here, the Illini men's basketball team, a big game uh, Friday night against Linda Wood. And then the upcoming, you've got the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Syracuse coming to town before going to Maryland next week. You know, coach, it's one thing that, you know, what I'm so impressed with, with the entire staff, coaches, uh, support staff, the players, everybody, um, is how you've taken a team. And I think this gets lost in fans at some point. You replace all five starters, including a two-time All-American that was the most dominant center that we've seen in, in college basketball in, in some time. Um, and yet there's just so much buzz and excitement. And I think part of that is because you, you do have so many different talented pieces on this who would have thought um at this point at thanksgiving that dane danger would come off the bench being your second leading scorer um terrence doing what he has done uh coleman's had some nice games and shown some maturity um talk about in terms of just the the challenges and even maybe the joy of of doing some things differently yeah that's that's one of one of the bigger challenges you know when you replace a team like that that's that that team will go down as one of the best teams and you know, a lot of our history, you know what I'm saying? Just the chemistry they had and the camaraderie and they just the ability to win. You know, they were, like I would say, bratanized. <laughs> Brad, you know, they, Brad. You Thanks. Know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that Brad too. But uh, they, <laughs> they, they, they knew how to win. They were, they were vets and they understood the process and the assignment. You know, but these guys too are older guys, been around the block and, they understand the assignment and just bringing them, them young guys up to pace is, is the is the key. But um, you know, for us is uh is to continue to integrate our culture and the way we handle business and the way we do things around here and to and to you know also get them up to speed you know on on, on how it is to to represent the eye you know because that's important that we carry ourselves a different way we work a certain way we walk a certain way and um and it's always been about us you know and uh and and just and just bringing those guys in, you know, all those guys, and you know, you got a few guys like Coleman, Luke, Leib, Serve, and RJ. You know, those guys are the, the keepers of the culture, and they they've been helping, you know, to 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 integrate these guys. You know how we do what we do, and and it's been helpful. And I um, 
And, you know, a team like Virginia is going to be really, really good. They'll, they'll be right there at the top of the ACC if they don't win it. Trust me, they'll be right there. Um, that's a veteran team, and uh, which was, was intriguing to, to, to me and to our staff is that we're nowhere near where we can be offensively or defensively, and we have a really, really high ceiling. And that's going to be a team that's going to be there at the end. Virginia is going to be there. And I feel like if we play them guys Monday, it'll be a totally different outcome because our guys understand certain things they can and can't do against certain teams, you know. So just learning and figuring out, you know, how to win, you know, together. Now, I, Tim, I know you're you're known for skill development, but if you can – Mike has neither talent nor skill, so if you can make him good <laughs> – that would be I. That would be a real feather in your cap. Wait so uh, we don't want to take you, him away from the his duties. That's that's a that's a tall order. Yeah, that might, <laughs> that's a that'd take you forty hours a week for. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, years. I, I, as good as Tim is, I don't think he's that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what do you, uh, Tim? I you've kind of been um, tasked with a lot of the you know obviously you you recruit a lot, but also skill development, and also you get to uh, do a lot of the special teams aspect of um of the preparation talk a little bit about your, your what you do with the special special teams as brad underwood called it well uh you know that's that's one of the areas that brad really really hangs his hat on uh we were we were top five in the country last year and in, uh inbound offense efficiency and defensive uh defensive uh deficiency uh so you know, we, we, we don't want guys to score on inbound plays, and we want to score off those. We want to try to get at least six to eight points a game on inbound plays, um, whether it's side out or baseline out of bounds or full court. You know, we try to take advantage of those opportunities and, and steal possessions, and, you know, and try to, you know, uh, get a couple easy points. And we also try to limit teams' opportunities of scoring. So we're doing some different things with that now. Uh, defensively, you know, trying to take away a few things and, and use our length and, uh, and yeah, Brad, you know, he hangs his hat on that. So, you know, that's one thing that, you know, we, we, we take real, real serious. And it was really interesting, like I said, watching the both the pace and the use of the press. Um, how much fun is that to coach the press to a team in college with this time, this type of length? I mean, it's been, it's been, uh, you know, for me, you know, I come from, you know, CPS and, I came up, uh, you know, pressing and being pressed and, you know, the AAU game pressing and being pressed and the college game is a little bit different. It's more execution. Uh, so f f to get back to this is, it's been a joy. Um, but, uh, I think one of the things that we got away from in the second half and, and, and it's on us on the staff and, you know, and again, having, you know, younger, younger, younger players on the floor that's trying to figure things out and, uh, and they just got a lot, you know, uh, on their plate. We, we got away from the press in the second half against Virginia. And that's who we are. Like, we're going to press you the whole game and uh, we're going to wear you down. And we were able to do that to Tiger. You know, that's what we was able to do to UCLA. We just warmed down. They, they just used Tiger for every play. And we just warmed down, warmed down, warmed down. And uh, we got away from it in the first, in the second half. And then uh, that's not us. You know, we're going to press. Uh, we're gonna, we, we, you get a couple easy buckets, that's fine. But we're going to run. We want to run. So we want to make that tempo fast. And they were able to slow the game down and make us defend 30 seconds. And that's not what we want to do. We want to make the game faster. So, Well, it is a lot of fun to watch this team. And, again, uh, some more games. It's, it, boy, it feels like it's just a frenetic pace uh, for you guys already. Again, Lindenwood, Syracuse, 
uh, Maryland all here the next week. And then the big game uh, a week from Tuesday in New York, taking on Texas and the Longhorns look really good too early on. Hey, Coach Anderson, we appreciate your time uh, as always. Um, hope you have the, a, a great holiday weekend and uh, we we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. ILL. I and I. I, and I. All right. Coach sure. Tim Anderson. And uh, boy, what a job this staff has done. Um, player development, um, getting these guys ready. It is just exciting. And again, like guys, like we've talked before, I'm excited that the national media is beginning to understand what this program does, what this coaching staff does. Uh, this isn't just a one-off. You don't lose five guys and come back and be ranked in the top 15 like they are right now uh, in the coaches' poll. Uh, we'll stand by for just a moment. This is a Sports Spectacular, powered by the IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. So I have a lack of talent, ability, and mobility. I still think I could have been a good player. <laughs> Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Take a look around the Big Ten, Larry, Mike, and Brad right now. And of course, uh, as we've been talking, it is the big game. Uh, for the 118th meeting, it's the Wolverines and Buckeyes, Michigan and Ohio State, three versus two. Um, it's the first time since 2006 that they have met in the game with matching 11-0 records. This might be a big game. I, I think the winner of this one's in the college football playoff, no matter what happens in the Big Ten title game, just because they'll have that head-to-head -head win. But, uh, yeah, this is a game to, for a chance to win a national title if you win this game. Uh, most likely um, doesn't mean the loser's totally out, but I would say that you feel pretty good if you win this one. And uh, Ohio state is favored seven and a half point favorite. I think the Buckeyes are, you know, have the, you know, it, with, when there's not terrible conditions um, like against Northwestern, their offense has been pretty explosive all year. So I uh, can Michigan keep up with them. Yeah. And, and I, I look at it as a game that's going to be decided early. I think Michigan's going to try to, you know, physically punch them in Ohio State in the mouth. And I think they're going to try to establish their dominance on both lines, pressure Stroud. Um, if they can't do that, um, Ohio State scores by the air. And I'm pretty certain that um, Michigan won't be able to keep up with them. So this, this could be a game that we see a pattern that tells us who's the winner. And that might be relatively early in the first quarter. Noon Eastern kickoff on Saturday, and that is the big game on Fox. They're going to have their uh, you know big pregame show uh, there at Ohio Stadium. By the way, nine Big Ten teams have already clinched bowl berths uh, by reaching six victories this season. That includes Iowa and the Hawkeyes. Um, you know they play Friday at four o'clock. We're recording the show before the game so we can allow everyone, uh, all of our partners, to enjoy the holiday with their families. Um, so if you're listening to this on a Saturday, we already know the result. Um, but Iowa. And the team we've kind of made fun of for their putrid offense, if they beat Nebraska, they're in. They're in the they win the West. I mean, who would have thunk it? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. A team that's 243rd in points scored per game <laughs> could win the big ten. <laughs> and that's out of the 14 Big Ten teams. They're 243rd. No, I'm just <laughs> that's, that's uh but no, but they what they are, they are seventh in points allowed. 
per game. So that's why they're good. And, you know, they don't have very good offense, but at the same time, you know, this is a great defense. This is a, I think this is one of the best defenses of the country, if not the best. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, but the one thing is when you don't score a bunch of points, you keep playing these low scoring games. You saw that with Iowa earlier. They've lost a couple of these games like against Illinois because they don't have enough offense. And so I think the Hawkeyes will give Nebraska a chance to win this game. Now, whether Nebraska can get it done is they probably can't, but they will have an opportunity. And Mickey Joseph, of course, is playing for big um, stakes there as he is looking at having, um, you know, trying to get the job. Of course, we heard rumors earlier in the week that Matt Rule turned down the job. Could could Coach Joseph end up uh, getting a long-term deal based on a big victory over Iowa? Well, the one thing Nebraska uh, doesn't do very well is, is play defense, and so I guess that's, that bodes, bodes well for Purdue. They've given up a ton of points, um, and Iowa doesn't score many points, so we'll see what happens. That's a, right away, Friday, 4 p.m. kickoff Eastern time. Uh, Purdue at Indiana, the other team right now, Iowa and Purdue sitting um, atop uh, the Big Ten West. Remember, Iowa beat Purdue a couple of weeks ago, so they hold the tiebreak in that one. Uh, the Bullemakers at Indiana and uh, trying to, to get a win. Again, a bowl berth already clinched, but trying to uh, keep alive uh, their chances again if uh, if Iowa falls against the Huskers. Yeah, you know, and then we, you know, the team with a worse offense than uh, Iowa is Northwestern. They're scoring fewer points a game. Um, and then, and actually a team with a better defense than Iowa in points allowed per game is Illinois at fourth in the country. So um, it's going to be, you know, I don't know if the Wildcats can score enough points to take care of the Illini. Um, the Illini have a, you know, had a, coming off that tough loss at Michigan, um, their team still has an opportunity. And especially if Nebraska pulls that upset that we play at the same time as Purdue, Indiana, they're still in the hunt to be the Big Ten West champion. So, uh, you know, I think the Illini will prevail here. Um, don't think Northwestern can score enough points to keep up. Yeah, and Penn State is is playing against Michigan State. Michigan State has a has a capable roster. They uh, can, can explode on an individual game but have not been consistent. Penn State, meanwhile, has played very consistently throughout the season, only losing to the number two and number three teams in the country. I think they are a stone cold lock on this one and looking for a big time bowl. Um, you know, they can't get in the CFP, but, but they'll want to be in a big bowl on January 2nd. Hard to believe that Minnesota and Wisconsin, have, you know, could still clinch a share of the big 10 West division title. As crazy as this has been Wisconsin with the late rally since, uh, bringing in a Jim Leonard, um, in an interim role. And, um, Appears to be on his way up from there. Uh, six and five right now, Minnesota seven and four. Um, the Badgers go in at Camp Randall, a three and a half point favorite in this one. That's a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on ESPN. Yeah, you know, you wonder, like, what is Wisconsin? Like, are they, have they done anything different since Paul Chris left? I don't know. It looked like the same team to me. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything magical happen there. But another game, a, a team, that, the Cinderella team that was started off this season hot was Maryland. But hard times have come for the Terrapins, and uh, they've uh, they've they've struggled of late. They've lost four of the last five. They did get a win over um, Indiana, but um, yeah, I think this is going to be a game where Maryland's at home against a Rutgers team that um, you know is not 
you know, also has the only win they've had in their last five is Indiana. So um, that's uh, that's uh, this is a battle of the teams that are struggling. I think the Terrapins have too much. They played Ohio State tough. They showed they could, um, you know, at least hang with the Buckeyes a little bit. And I think they take this one and uh, get to seven wins, which would be a great year for Mike Loxley and his crew. Yeah, it would. And it, they, like you said, they've been stuck on that. It seems like stuck on that number six for quite a while. You're exactly right. Um, and a valiant effort last week against the Buckeyes. Uh, they're in College Park. Uh, just a reminder, this is the last weekend of the regular season. The Big Ten Championship game is next Saturday, um, December 2nd. That's an 8 p.m. Uh, December 3rd, I should say, 8 p.m. kickoff in Indianapolis. That game is on Fox. And again, it'll be uh, the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game against somebody from the West. And again, <laughs> could already be Iowa, but literally, uh, the, one of three. Somebody people, from the West. Exactly. Could be Iowa. If Iowa loses and Purdue wins, it's Purdue. If Iowa and Purdue lose and Illinois wins, then it is Illinois. Uh, after Did- all. Do you think they could just take take Northwestern out and then just put the other teams in a hat and just draw one? Right. <laughs> and it's that's basically the same. And if all three teams lose, it's back to Iowa again. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exactly right. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Hello, this is John Makovic, former coach of the Fighting Illini, and I sure enjoy listening to the Illini guys on their Sports Spectacular. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving weekend as we continue here on the Sports Spectacular. As we mentioned uh, earlier here in this hour, Illinois basketball up to number 16 in the Associated Press poll, up to number 14 in the coaches poll. I think some fans, and and we've heard about this on our message forums on IlliniGuys.com, feel that 16 or 14 is maybe a little low for this team? Like, how do you go and beat a team like UCLA, preseason number eight, um, Virginia, um, you know, 16 when they lost to them, but a very good veteran team, and yet you only go up a few points, while Michigan beats a clearly flawed uh, Kentucky team and goes from, like, basically 30th to, like, fifth. I mean, it's just it's insane. But, hey, uh, it is what it is. Illinois and the teams right now. Uh, coming off the loss to Virginia, Coach Underwood, talking to the media, including our own Brad Sturdy, um, about this loss and how his emotions coming out of Vegas uh, are a bit different. Let's take a listen. Really, really high-level basketball game. Um, man, I have so much respect for Tony. 
Um, I have um, uh, everything their, their campus is going through, everything their program's going through with, with three tragedies. Um, and uh, I can't imagine. I know as a DIA athletic department how close and intertwined we all become and, and what that what that has to be and, uh, uh, and so my, my, my thoughts and prayers are with everyone on their campus it was it meant a lot for them to allow us to wear their shooting shirts uh, today with those with those young people on it that, that uh, uh, tragically will end their, their life taken but uh, uh, high level game. High-level game. Uh, they're uh, defensively. Both teams were really dialed in. Uh, they forced us to make some adjustments. I think we forced them to, to even play small sometimes. Uh, but I was um, uh, I was excited for the learning curve that that we had today. We came out on the wrong side. We're up. We're up. Um, Two with 3:27 to go, or something like that, and, and uh, um, you know we fouled a three-point shooter. Uh, we, um, you know, we, we maybe didn't execute the way we need to execute, but uh, uh, they did, um, and that's a, that's a tribute to, to them and their and their experience. But um, uh, we will definitely grow from that, and we will definitely learn uh, a lot of, and we learned a lot about. I learned a lot. Um, I made some mistakes down the stretch that, that I can't make, and uh, uh, but that's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of these guys, and, and uh, uh, you know this is a Final Four caliber tournament and event uh, that, that uh, took place here. I think all these teams are going to have great seasons, and uh, we're, we're we're just blessed to be a part of it and uh, and learn a lot about ourselves as we move forward. And now we, you know, simple task, just get better. Coleman, can you take the mic and, and talk about the defensive intensity? And uh, this this team is known as one of the best defensive teams in the country. Was it different from playing an average team? Uh, what was the last part you said? I'm sorry. Was it different from what you've experienced before, more intense defensively? Um, no, I don't think so. I think uh, I think when we play teams that can uh, post our guards up and take advantage of those switches, I think that's. Uh, that's that's kind of what they try to uh, exploit. Um, you know, we're switching on pin downs and things like that. They would throw the ball into the post, uh, back our guards in. Uh, so I think the, the, those are probably like the only challenges, post ups stuff like that. But other than that, I think uh, you know uh, our, our switching is going to be a, a problem down the road uh, when we start limiting mistakes on defense. I think uh, we're going to have the best defensive team in the country. Do you remember when we had Coleman Hawkins on the radio show and he was talking about the kinder, gentler Brad Underwood? Maybe we're seeing this even in the press conferences. No, I, I'll tell you what, the guy's an ultimate competitor, but I, I think he knows that he's not got a finished product at this point in the season with this squad. And so he's telling you that even though it was a loss and he's not happy about it, he's not as mad as he could be because he sees the talent that's on this roster and how good they're going to be later in the year. Yeah, I'd tell you what, the, the, the team performed admirably in Las Vegas. And I don't know when you put football and basketball together, I've never had a weekend that the teams went one and two. 
that I felt like the programs were in better hands. And that goes back to as long as I can remember, um, you know, even back in the eighties, this was, this was a great weekend for Illinois sports, even though they didn't come out on the top end of two out of the three games. I, I would agree with that. Both of you completely um, because, you know, and I, I'm not one that gets into the, Oh, moral victory. And it was close. Something like that. Well, you think about where Illinois football has been. And again, they, they were one play away from knocking off the number three team in the country um, at their place in front of a hundred thousand fans. And by the way, the first team all season to lead the number three team in the country in the fourth quarter. That had never happened before. And to your point, again, as we've talked about a few times this hour with this Illinois basketball team, being young, uh, entirely new lineup, a new system, everything is new. Uh, and yet again, they had a team like Virginia that's probably going to win the ACC or, or be very close to that. Uh, they had them within two points, as Brad mentioned, in the final minutes. So there's a lot to be happy about right now with these uh, Illinois teams. We uh, will take a timeout right now. This is the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, as we're talking college football now and some of the, the bigger games to watch this weekend. Let's start at the top with number one. Um, you know, Georgia Bulldogs, not much to play for. I mean, this it's kind of funny. This almost isn't even a rivalry anymore. Um, it's so lopsided. Uh, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Of course, the Yellow Jackets, the big shocker last week, getting the win um, and uh, the upset victory. Noon start this in Athens. We expect the Bulldogs to win pretty easily and cruise into next week's SEC title game in Atlanta with the sights set on the college football playoff and defending their national championship. Yeah. George Tech still has football. That's good. Good to know. I I was curious there for a while where they're still playing. No, uh, no, the, the Bulldogs just, man, they're dominant. Aren't they? They're just such a, a, such a good team. And they, they seem to be the class of college football this year. Now got a lot to get done. Ohio state, Michigan though, is the game of the week, right? Two and three head to head in Columbus. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, it's always a big game, even when they're unranked. But first time they're both 11-0 since 2006. Man, what what a fun atmosphere. I know Mike wants them to play earlier in the year, but I, I'm like, I'm thinking, let's do it at the end every year. It's so much fun. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking about uh, the Big Ten and the CFP. Um, TCU's playing Iowa State. Here, here we've got TCU really um, – they avoided the upset last week against Baylor. I think they've made it now um, past their rocky time. I think I, I see them, you know, cruising into the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, talking about, again, the, the Big Four that happened uh, on Tuesday night is, uh, you know, those are the Big Four right now, right? Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and then TCU uh, is, is number four. But there's some other teams really watching this weekend to see um, what they can do in case some of these others uh, slip up. One, of course, is LSU. Uh, the Tigers are coming in at number five. They've already clinched. Um, the SEC West, they will meet Georgia in Atlanta next week um, at Texas A&M. They're, they're, I think only, like, I think it's maybe a seven digit. I'm not sure a seven figure or a seven point uh, favorite in this one. It's the spread going into this one um, is not what you'd expect considering the, the type of seasons that each of these teams have had. Yeah. Texas A&M massive disappointment, really. I mean, if you think about where they were ranked to start the season, but they're dangerous. You know, you never know. You put th- those Aggies can be dangerous when uh, they're up against the wall. But the, the, if there's the number two game of the week, it's this one. It's USC and Notre Dame. Uh-huh. If the Trojans, they still have a chance to make the college football playoff. I, I really believe that if they win out, and that means beating Notre Dame, 
and then taking care of business in the Pac-12 title game that they're going to be in the college football playoff first time for, for a Pac-12 team to get there. And when was the last time? It's been a while, you know. So um, first time for USC to be in the 14 playoff. So I, I think this is uh, this is a great game. Notre Dame has already shown they can beat play with anybody, right? I mean, uh, they they've really played well late, and they they just hammered Clemson. I mean, just uh, just complete beat down just a few weeks ago. Um, they they were one of the you know they're one of their losses to a pretty darn good Ohio State team. So I think this Notre Dame team can beat beat them if if things go right. Um, if they can slow down Caleb Williams from UFC. Yeah, and of course you've got the other eleven o'clock game. Clemson and South Carolina, um, so the Southeast can watch that or the Georgia game. The rest of the country be watching the Big Ten, Ohio State versus Michigan. But I think, you know, South Carolina comes in with the, you know, huge victory um, uh, last week, and now they, you know, wiping out Tennessee. Can they pull a second big upset and knock Clemson out of position to um, maybe move up with an upset or two this week. I think it's an intriguing game. I don't know that South Carolina can put that together two weeks in a row, but I'm also not that impressed with Clemson overall compared to teams of the past. Yeah, I tell you, that Tennessee defense made Spencer Rattler look like, you know, Peyton Manning. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, first off, the kid, this is the talent that we saw coming out of high school. I mean, the kid can play. Yep. Uh, boy, he could throw it. He throws a nice ball. Uh, but it was almost like a scrimmage. It was almost like a pro day. I mean, it's like, you know, he telegraphed it. Listen, he's going to go out 12 yards and then he's going to cut to the right. All right, here we go on three. (laughs) You even said, okay. And they just let it happen. Um, it was nuts. But of course, and again, South Carolina throwing like up 25 with four minutes left. They're still throwing for touchdowns too. So, uh, kind of a little padding the stats there. Um, you know, the other game that, that I guess right now doesn't, uh, mean as much, although Brad is, you know, again, he said, Hey, hang on a second. Uh, number seven, Alabama uh, against Auburn in the annual Iron Bowl, always one of the, the best games of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, and the reason why is because these two are so competitive. This will be only the third time in the past 15 years um, that neither will be SEC West champions. Um, that's how dominant these two programs have been. But right now they're just playing for pride. But Brad, as you mentioned, Alabama, may they still have a shot uh, if things fall right to get into that 14 playoff. Honestly, it isn't that crazy to see a scenario where, you know, when you look at the rankings, Alabama's currently seventh. You know, LSU is going to play Georgia. So let's say LSU loses. That takes another six. You got Michigan or Ohio State playing. I still think the loser's ahead of them. But I think if LSU loses, if USC loses to Notre Dame, and then if TCU loses one game, even a one loss TCU team, I think is ranked behind a two loss Alabama team. Um, and so now you're looking at this, start looking at this thing and you say, wait a second, they've lost to these games. They start sliding up that they, they slide into that top four possibly, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, but I, I think it is possible for them to be that fourth team in the playoff. If things shake right. And, you know, the crazier things have certainly happened uh, down the stretch when we get into these playoff scenarios. So, Alabama, I mean, I don't think they are one of the best four teams. Of course, maybe they are. I don't know. But they're, they're not in that elite group. But, yet, at the same time, they're, they, have, they have the name. And, of course, the, the conspiracy theorists will be out if they do get it as the first two-loss team to make the playoff. Well, and, and look, if Ohio State or Michigan, one of them pulls a blowout, uh, a blowout like they did last year, that may hurt them. Um, and then, you know, if Matt Campbell, who was a 
candidate for every job in the world at the start of the season. He needs an upset victory over TCU to maybe give him those opportunities. And again, I think you're right, Brad, especially when you factor in the championship games, which could, you know, have another wrinkle with a couple more losses. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Alabama in the playoff as much as Larry is super excited and rooting for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how outspoken I was when Alabama met, met a third-place Alabama, met LSU in the uh, the game that brought on, finally, the college football playoff. It was the lowest-watched uh, title game in nine years because, again, it was a third-place team playing a number-one team. The number-one team had already beat the third-place team. Uh, there's a test into the show, but yeah, there's no question about that. And like, guys, but I agree with you guys, nobody slides up like Alabama. So <laughs> crazy things have happened. Stay with us. Much more to come after a quick timeout. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare. That's easy. You need OSF on-call urgent care with OSF on-call urgent care. We make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Kedrick Prince, director of recruiting for AlanaGuys.com, is hot on the trail of the Chicago St. Rita team. Uh, ridden his horse all the way to their tournament this weekend, led by star-powered forward Marez Johnson, who is an Illinois commit in the class of 2024, and star setter James Brown, who is a top priority for the Illini coaching staff as one of the top 30 players in this current junior class. We'll hear from Ked next week to see if perhaps we should be on commitment watch. Maybe. Uh, if you're a member of IlliniGuys.com, be sure to uh, check out the message forums often for uh, regular updates in regards to recruiting and the very latest buzz on that. Uh, in the meantime, Ked talked with New Jersey defensive back Sabor Kareem about his recent commitment to Illini football coach Brett Bielema. For the listeners out there, um, who may not be familiar with your recruitment, uh, can you tell them how many offers that you had? I mean, and if you don't have to name all of them, but just how many you had overall and just to name a couple of them? Uh, I had 27. 27 um, offers? Yes, sir. Uh, I had Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State, Illinois, uh, Virginia, Pitt, Syracuse, Duke, Wake Forest. I, I, had, I, had, a, I, had, I had a lot of schools to choose from. That was a blessing. Well, you know what it is. It's a blessing, and you know, I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, how hard it is just to to be at the level that you're at to begin with. And how hard was it for you to, to turn down all those schools? And to be honest with the listeners out there, what made Illinois so special? Um, yeah, you know, because when you go through the recruitment process, so I took I took 24 unofficial visits. So every option I that excuse I had, me, I tried excuse, to go see. Excuse me. Excuse me. Did you say twenty-four unofficial visits? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear this answer. I really want to know how Illinois stood out over those other twenty-four schools. Yeah. Um. You know, I took a lot of visits. I wanted to, I wanted to see everything so I could 
make the best decision. You know what I mean? So um, going to a lot of schools and over time you build relationships with these people. You build you build uh, true, I want to say like, you know, cordialness with them, you know, all coaches. And even the right. players outside of that, like the, the players that you meet in the building, the people that you meet in the building, you know what I mean? So um, having that relationship with people and then, you know, they kind of expect something that, you know, you know, they want you to be around them. You know, every school wants you to commit there and play there and be a part of their student population. And so, you know, just overall uh, having to, you know, decide what's best for you because I'm the only one that can go to school. You know what I mean? I could have a, a great support system around me, but at the end of the day, I got to go to school and I got to be around the right people that uh, help me do everything that I wish to do. Well, you know what? That's great to hear. Um, you, you talked about uh, being around the coaches and players, um, and I know you've been to Illinois. What was the what was so special about the Illinois players? I mean, I know their motto or their hashtag is, you know, they preach family and a lot of schools do that. Mm -hmm. but, but was it, you know, did you get that special feeling or, or what was it that made you think, hey, you know, these guys are genuine. I get along with these players yeah. and the coaches. So really, um, when, you go to, when you go to other schools, a lot of the guys only, um, like, associate with their position group. You know what I mean? Ooh, okay. And when and when you go and when I went to Illinois, Coach B preaches that everybody it's, it's really a family. Like he stands by the family motto. So when you go in the locker room, one thing that stood out to me was um that it's literally a mix. Like you'll never you'll you'll they won't they won't put you with your position group. Like I went in there, it was it was a it was like five D backs sitting next to to linemen and, and uh, long snappers, you know, stuff like that. Like, Coach B makes sure everybody knows everybody. It's really a family. Like, everybody has everybody's back, I swear to you. And um, that's really what stood out to me. And then me and some of the players on the team and just how they interact with each other was, was, really, was really different from a lot of schools. You know what's good? I have to give Coach B credit. Um, you know, he was uh, – he was – he built a powerhouse in Wisconsin, then he went to Arkansas, and now he's back at home. You know, he's from the state of Illinois. And I tell you, he's passionate. He's really passionate, and it, and he's always preaching about, you know, certain kids being an Illinois fit. And I know how important of a recruit you were to them for them to get. Were you able to talk to Coach, you know, Beatham at all, or, you know, was it Coach uh, Henry and Coach Bob? Yes, sir, and that's another thing. Um, usually you only hear from your recruit, like your your area recruiter. Mm -hmm. I, I was talking to Coach B maybe like twice, two, two, three times every two weeks. Like he was constantly just checking in on me, not even on the recruitment standpoint. Like he wasn't asking me most of the time, like how you stand on your recruitment or how's recruitment going. He was just literally sending genuine text messages like, how you doing? You know, Coach B just reaching out. Uh, hope you and the family are doing great. Stuff like that more, you know what I mean? Just it, it was a different message. And even then, I was talking to Coach B. Coach B will call me at least, you know, Coach Boo will call me at least three to four times every week and text me every day. Coach Henry, I would talk to him a, a lot, like a lot. Talk to him kind of on a on a consistent basis, to be honest. And then Coach Walters, he's a DC. I ain't really our interaction hasn't been the same, but every time that I have spoken to him, yeah, he he's left some knowledge with me. That's important. I mean, I'm, I know the fans are going to be glad to hear that. Um, you and I talked a lot, you know, over the last four to six months. And one of the things you shared with me was that um, 
Duke was really heavily involved in that. You mentioned to me that your mom was kind of concerned about you being so far away from home. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that process ended? I mean, um, with her wanting to maybe not seeing you not so far away to school and the, how it panned out with Duke not being your number one. Um, so I really just sat down and had a conversation with my mom, um, you know, and I told her that I felt as though Illinois was a place for me, felt as that was home. And uh, she, you know, at first, at first it was kind of hard for her, just knowing mm -hmm. how, how the, the distance of it, to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Illinois is a, a very far place. You know I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. So she, <laughs> she was like, you know, it kind of, it hurt just to see me go that far because my mom has always been there for me. Like, she, mm -hmm. she's never missed a practice. She's never missed a game. Like, my mom has always been there. And so I think the distances will worry her, but she knew that this is what I wanted to do and that's why I felt as though I needed to be. And, um, you know, she stuck beside my decision. She said she was going to support me and love me like she has any other day, you know what I mean, any other day. Well, you know what? I'm not going to get involved in your personal life, but I'll tell you this. If You know, I think I told you once when you and I were texting once, it is hard. I mean, I was close to my kids and it's close, and a lot of parents are and guardians. And I want you to understand that like with the Big Ten and that this helps her, because I heard you say that, you know, being at all your games and all the practices, the Big Ten is arguably one of the top two conferences in all college football. So there's not a game that you play that she won't be able to see, you know. Sure. So I'm sure that the coaches probably told you that. I'm just probably telling you something that you already know, but it's just nice to see. And I hope she's able to come to a lot of games because it is far, far away. And I, I have to give her respect because some parents would just say, nope, you're doing what I want you to do. And I give her all the – I give her mad love and mad respect just because, in fact, you know this is where you should be at. So I congratulate the both of you on, on making that decision. Thank you. Let me, okay, my next question is, how about the success it almost had? In Illinois, I mean, I don't know how much you watch college football because you're in season. But when you turn on ESPN and you get on Twitter, it's not just an Illinois thing. Illinois is hot right now. And everybody knows sure. what even most capable of doing in the staff. Did the success that Illinois is having right now, did that have anything to do with you committing as well? Or was it just everything else that you talked about previously? Um, in some way it does. You know, it makes me more confident in the decision. Because I, when I went for even my – so basically my first visit in such a way was a virtual visit. Because when COVID had spiked up again, you know, mm -hmm. we had we had to go back into quarantine. But Coach B and the staff was still trying to, you know, recruit me. So we had a virtual visit. And um, you could tell that the type of person that Coach B was on the Zoom is the same person he is now. And everything that he told me between that, everything he said that would happen, has happened. And so, you know, it plays into that he's a man of his word. You can hear that entire interview on the Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast. You can find a link to that on IlliniGuys.com or wherever you download your podcast. The Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, joins us next here on the Sports Spectacular. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 
2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800 Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Oh, by the way, we have not forgotten about Illini women's basketball. Fellas, 5-0 and oh, heading into the weekend. They're down in Daytona Beach um, to take on a, a couple of opponents down there. Uh, what a turnaround. What a job that uh, Shauna Green has done here uh, in, the, in the first couple of weeks uh, with this program. You know, it's been fun to watch because they're doing exactly what you want a, a quality team to do. They're they're burying their opponents, um, taking care of business against teams that aren't as talented as them. And they, it's been great to see them. They're playing with such, you know, energy that they just appear to be having fun. And I, I just really think Shauna Green's got this program on the right track. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, the 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 players have an energy. The coaches seem to have the answers. This is going to very quickly uh, let Illini basketball fans know that there's two entertaining teams in town, and I think that is going to be a lot of fun for everybody. A lot of reasons to go to State Farm Center this winter. Let's bring in the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, who has uh, been a, just a big part of the team's success, as we knew that she would. Sophomore guard, uh, one of the leaders on the team. Adalia, you guys are 5-0 and going into the weekend um, down in Daytona Beach for a couple of games Friday and Saturday. Tell us about that on the bench. We're, we're watching you, and, and you and I have texted before that you look like such a different player than from last year. But this entire team, there's just an energy um, and, and a, a purpose, it feels like, when you guys go out there. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, I think that was, like, the perfect thing to say because we are, like, establishing our identity, and we always talk about, like, being on a positive energy bus like that's a book that we're reading right now as a team I just feel like we're doing a lot of different things that like we didn't do last year that's actually helping us elevate and grow so so you're learning the 10 rules for the ride of your life right yes (laughs) yeah oh I I do we do the energy bus too we're gonna have Mike read it next so um um we're gonna hope he'll be positive then so uh but don't be like uh, (laughs) (laughs) so Adelia I mean obviously you know five and oh starts great um talk about your trip to Daytona coming up I mean what are you excited about getting down there and 
not just because it's warm, but also because you kind of, it's really cool atmosphere for this tournament you've got down in Daytona. Yeah, for sure. Um, last year, thinking about Daytona just wasn't a good experience. So I'm just really like excited and looking forward to this new experience with a new team and like get my Florida dubs. <laughs> oh, walk on the beach. I love the beach, y'all. Like, I swear when I'm older, I'm going to have a beach house, you know, go on swim with the little turtles and fishies. <laughs> yeah, well, Larry has a couple sure. beach houses. Yeah, she will. Adelia is going to be doing TikToks from the beach this weekend. That's right. So that'll be the thing. <laughs> That's right. You know it. <laughs> so that so after your Thanksgiving meal, you guys and you're listening to the Illini guys. Just go out on TikTok. Adelia will be out there, and we'll we'll see some stuff, and and the humor will flow. Um, yeah. Adalia, what 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 can Illini fans uh, look for? Um, what are you what are you trying to accomplish at this tournament? Um, I guess just continuing to like play as a team and stick to our principles and just having that energy. Like we just talk about throwing punches early throughout the game and just going at them. But I'm pretty sure the fans can expect two good doves. You know, got to keep that streak going. You know, it's fun to again, just to see the smile on your face as we talk to you about this. It seems too, and we were talking earlier about the men's team uh, last hour, we had uh, Tim Anderson, coach Anderson was on talking about um, the fun thing about the, the men's team is that there's so much talent here that you never know each night who's going to step up and be the leader. I felt a lot of that with your team as well, that, you know, I know last year it was a, a couple players and if you had bad nights, then it just was a really long night for Illinois. That's not the case now. And you've got players coming off the bench. Uh, they're on the same level. And so the, the talent level and the intensity doesn't drop once you begin to have some reserves in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, Close Green always talk about how it's not just going to be one or two people. Like, it's going to be all 13 that's going to contribute to the game and how it's really critical that we have, you know, five people, like, all on the stat sheet, you know, just having everyone be together and just giving something because it's just not about one person, you know. So, and it makes me happy because, like, you know, I don't feel like I'm alone. I don't think anyone feels like they're alone team. Like we all can rely on each other. We all know we're going to step up. If you have to, I mean, what, what has been kind of the, what have you done you know, from a team standpoint? You get to watch a lot of film. What has coach been maybe the most positive about with you guys this far? Um, I would say our relationship off the court. I think that's just something that she talks about and how like that's really critical because like we all don't have to be best friends or anything, but we all do enjoy each other and we like each other. So like we have that relationship off the court and it helps us we're on the court. Like we have fun with each other and it just makes everything more positive. And your defensive intensity has been pretty good. So um, what fuels you when you go out there to decide you're going to lock down your opponent and, and how has that been, um, you know, how have you fueled the rest of the team uh, on the defensive end? Yeah, for me, I hate when people score on me, like it irks my nerves because <laughs> I don't think you should score on me. Like in my head, I feel like I have the best defense, you know, on the floor. So I just want to get stops. And also like when we play at home, I don't want nobody scoring on the eye, like, this is our crib. We're not going to come here and do what you want. But, yeah, also, like, Coach Green instilled that mentality into us. Like, it starts with defense. Our defense was our offense. 
And that's just what's going to help us win games. And it's been really fun playing defense, getting those stops and like getting kills, which is three stops in a row, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, Learn some new terminology. We love that. Um, Illinois, again, 5-0 and after beating Oakland at home uh, Monday night at State Farm Center before hitting the road. The first five games all at home, um, as Adalia mentioned, 88 points per game, uh, average scoring margin, winning margin, like 39 points a game, just crazy. So Charlotte Friday uh, afternoon, and then it's Delaware Saturday afternoon. And then after that, it's another road game. Uh, they come back home, get some uh, class work in, and then uh, they're back at Pitt. Uh, and that's on the ACC Network on November 30th as part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then uh, Big Ten play starts at Indiana. So um, it starts to get real serious from this point on. Well, listen, um, don't eat too much turkey or leftovers like Mike does. Uh, leave the eating to him and go out there and get a couple of dubs and then come on back and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. <laughs> that's my good. job. That's right. <laughs> Ilana Gala, Everyone McKinnon. has a role. Everyone has a role. That's right. Oh, there's roles. <laughs> <laughs> I love carbs. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a timeout and um, pull Mike away from the dinner table. Uh, we're back with more to this. This is the Ilana Guys Sports Spectacular. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Glad you're spending part of your weekend with us. For those of you who join us every week, can't you hear the difference in Adalia's voice uh, joining us there just before that last break? Um, It just seems like she and the rest of this team are really having fun this year and looking forward to the test that lie ahead. And again, that includes a pair of competitive matchups this weekend in Charlotte and Delaware as part of this holiday event in Daytona Beach. The Illini women's basketball team, 5-0 for the first time since 2014 after beating Oakland University of Michigan Monday night. Here is Coach Shauna Green after that game. Yeah, no, you're right because I said it uh, the other game. Um, I'm like, you know, we haven't been in a – since our scrimmage, we haven't been in a tight game, and and that is important. So some of the – you know, these blowout games, like – they don't really help you, you know? So that's where it was actually kind of good in the first half to, you know, to finally, I said, every game's getting harder and every team's getting better where we had to, you know, we had to have some response and, and, and fight back and, and fix some stuff quickly. Um, where the other games, you know, it just, it was over quickly. (laughs) It was 30 plus quickly. This is uh, Illinois' first 5-0 and start since 2015-16. What does that mean for you to accomplish that in your first year, and where do you go from here? You know, every, every game we're just trying to go 1-0, right? Like, that that's our mindset. I mean, obviously, I want to win basketball games, so that's all I care about. Um, I also know, like, the competition's getting harder and harder. Uh, so hopefully we can take these five wins and, and again, be learning, um, and then – also just gaining some confidence because, you know, Florida, there's going to be two really good teams um, and, and it'll get from there harder and harder. But, uh, you know, I'll never take for granted winning a game. I can tell you that much. And I, I don't want our players ever to, too. But then you learn and you move on. Just kind of speak about the tournament that's coming up for you. I know that Delaware was a team that went to the NCAA tournament last season. What kind of challenge are you expecting from Charlotte and Delaware and maybe looking forward to seeing from your team in those two games? Yeah, I think first off, it's great that we we're going to leave and, and play away from here because we got to, you know, this is something I'm not used to playing first five games at home. We never did that. Like I'm used to being on the road. So this is 
uh, we got to get, we got to go. We got to, it's going to be great to play in a neutral floor. And then you have two good teams. Charlotte's a really good team, really good program. Uh, that head coach does an unbelievable job as Delaware is a new coach. Um, but like you said, great program last year and that's why the the old coach went and got a, a different job so uh two really good programs uh that they're going to present some you know i haven't looked at them too too closely yet but uh they're gonna they're gonna be another notch up each game again continues to climb and in, in terms of competition can you kind of expound on the whole you know trying to change jada over in the sense i'm looking at stats that where she really only averaged about three or four three-point attempts a game, and now you kind of want that doubled at, at the very, very least because of how talented she is. Just the idea of changing a program over to where a player feels like she has enough freedom to, to, to do that and, and be good about that, how, how long can that take? That's interesting. You know, so she had that last year that was her? Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Never taken over 100 in a season. Yep, and that's something um, I told you guys. I didn't watch any film. I didn't look at any stats. I could give – two craps what happened besides when I played them last year. Uh, so I didn't even know that because um, I'm focused on how, <laughs> how we can, how we can, you know, use her now. And the thing about Jada and, and some of these guys that were here and, and even a Genesis, like I think they're thriving in our system because we're telling them like, I mean, they're getting open shots because of, you know, she gets a ton in Phoenix in our transition. And then we work on it a lot in the off season. She's been here, right? She was here from spring workouts. Obviously she was hurt this summer, but she was in those spring workouts where, you know, we literally came in and, and detail technique, form, footwork, follow through, tightened everyone's shot up and, and really, you know, very, very detailed in technique. And I think she, you know, she thrived from that. And, and really got better and more consistent in her shot. And I'm telling these guys to shoot it. If they're open, I'm telling her to shoot it. So in my mind, she hasn't taken a bad shot all year. And, and I'm going to keep telling her to shoot it. And then hopefully the more that goes in, the more confidence you get, and she continues to, to flourish. For Genesis, I mean, on a night that maybe she didn't shoot the ball as well, but defensively what she gave you and, and rebounding and assist-wise, what – can that do maybe on a night when it's not going in as well as it's normally going in for her? I think that's what great players do, right? They don't always – you're going to have nights where – and we talk about this as a program all the time. You're going to have nights where the ball doesn't go in, but you have to hang your hat on every night, consistency in your defense and your rebounding. And, and she had six assists to two turnovers, six rebounds, and she's not very big so and plays the point guard. So, I mean, and still nine points. So that, you know, just how do you make an impact on the game? Like, how do you make an impact? And sometimes it's going to be through scoring. But the things that you can control are your defense, your, your ability to take care of the ball, and your rebounding. That's Coach Shauna Green of the Finding Illini women's basketball team. She becomes the first women's basketball coach in Illini history to begin her tenure in Champaign 5-0. and uh, talking about the weekend ahead and uh, the challenges of taking over this program and, and resurrecting it, a program that, as you know, hasn't received an NCAA tournament bid in nearly three decades. But the Illini off to a strong start with, again, greater tests ahead, uh, once again, at Pitt in the ACC Big Ten Challenge on Wednesday, and then Indiana and Rutgers as they open Big Ten play. Uh, keep it here. The Big Ten expanded this summer by two schools, but soon one of those members will learn if they can actually leave the Pac-12. That's coming up next on the Sports Spectacular 
Powered by IlliniGuys.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160-800-390-5160-800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Well, a uh, big story that uh, broke recently or that came to light recently, we should say. Um, the California region setting a December 14th date uh, to discuss UCLA's move to um, to the Big Ten. Now, again, just to recap, if you haven't followed very closely, in late June, uh, UCLA, which belongs to the California region's system, and the private University of Southern California, USC, uh, both uh, jumped from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, effective July 1, 2024. That's the day after the Pac-12 media rights is up. Uh, but some of the California region says, wait a minute, because they're you know tied to Cal Berkeley. So, um, guys, interesting move that um, to see what happens if they vote against UCLA moving um, or they decide to embrace it. Yeah, Mike, yeah, you, I, have, Mike, you yeah. have a great point here. Read yeah, this. Well, I, I don't have a great point, but Dennis Dodd, friend of the show from CBS Sports, uh, on Twitter, he talked about being careful of what you wish for. It was strongly suggested to Dennis that if UCLA is forced to stay in the Pac-12, common sense move is for the Big Ten. They have to fulfill the media rights contract. And then the Big Ten would go get the likes of Oregon and Washington and maybe more and effects, effectively collapse the Pac-12. So wouldn't that be a fantastic move by the regents to inadvertently collapse the whole conference while not allowing uh, UCLA to join the conference that, that will be remaining? It only cost them a few million dollars, right? <laughs> I mean, this, I mean, like 40, 50 million a year. Yeah. So no, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. So what would happen? So, you know, the big 10 is going to fill something. So they're going to yep. go West coast. So who are the teams? Well, Stanford's a Stanford is private, right. so Stanford could come. It fits the Big Ten great mold, yep. and bringing Stanford in, there's some allure to then add this team that's just from uh, Upper Indiana. I think they're, they have gold and green. What are they? <laughs> I've calling? heard of them. I've heard no, of them. Notre Dame, right? Notre yes, Dame, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Oregon, Washington. You start bringing those in. The other team's just missing out right then at that point, right? I mean, then you say the Big 12 takes those teams from the mid middle area that they were already negotiating with. Then you got those three California teams just sitting there going, wait, where do we go? <laughs> we can't join the Big 10? Why'd you take all the money away from us? Um, yeah, now we're stuck. We're going to have to be in the Mountain West. Yeah. Yippee. 
Well, and and guys, something else. Hey, Cal might like that, by the way. They're thinking, hey, we could do well in that conference. (laughs) Well, that's the question I have, too, is in terms of Cal, there has been some buzz that Cal may be part of the next wave of Pac-12 teams to go to the Big Ten. Um, If the Big Ten, and I think Dennis Dodd wrote about this as well, maybe even said it here on the show, uh, if they do come up with another media partner, you know, an Amazon or that kind of thing, a streaming partner, if it, if that does happen. Um, so the regents effectively could block, not only UCLA, what if they also blocked Cal and kept them from going? And to your point, then it opens wide up. I think you're right. The big 10 has to go somewhere to fill those slots and the PAC 12 teams. Um, we've heard plenty of reports that, that those other teams are willing to, to, to head East. That's crazy. I mean, it's just, this is never going to end until they, I don't think it's ever going to end. I mean, it's going to constantly until they kind of set this up and maybe there's like four like super conferences and they are three super conferences spread throughout the country and, 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 and you know, an East coast and a Southeast and then the big 10 gets the rest. And then, you know, this little big 12 that's left over here maybe, but I mean, it's just crazy when you think about how this is all playing out and, and I'll be honest with you. There's nobody who knows how it's going to end up shaking out. We have all, we all have our thoughts and, we don't know for sure. We know, I, I can tell you right now, the Big Ten is going to get bigger. I know that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think you, you have to look to Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, and his past history. So he's used to the NFL. He's used to divisions. And you can bring in quite a few teams, you know, if you have 24 teams, if you have, you know, you keep them in multiples of six, you have 18 teams. You can have uh, four team divisions, you know, depending on how you it just depends on how many teams he brings in, but you can have four team divisions. You can have six team divisions and you can do a playoff and all sorts of things. And I tend to think he's looking at the NFL model with how he does his TV rights. I think we're going to see Amazon jump in and they've already proven that the NFL can get them big ratings. And I think they will use the Big Ten to demonstrate just how effective college football and basketball can be to bring in big ratings. I agree with you, and I'll take it one step further. Not only has he seen what they can do in terms of bringing in the ratings, but remember the reason why the NFL TV media contracts are so lucrative is because it's the only thing on TV where you're guaranteed a captive audience for six hours. And we've discussed this before. You look at the, the, the big four, right? CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox. You can, you can track their primetime popularity, their weekday primetime shows, to, depending on who had the NFL contracts. Yep. So, you know, uh, CBS loses their contract to the NFC contract to Fox. All of a sudden, all these Fox shows are huge, right? Then CBS gets NBC's AFC and then CBS goes up and NBC's goes into the toilet. I mean, that's part of it as well. So not only that's why they're so lucrative. It's not only for the games, but you get a chance to promote all these other shows on your network or on your streaming site or whatever the case is. So you're exactly right. I still think it's going to take a long time. I think it'll be, you know, as much as 10 to 12 years, we'll eventually see a 24 team, um, big 10, 24 team SEC, I think further expansion eventually for the big 12. And I think that to your point, you'll see four divisions in the big 10 and there'll be a six team West division made up exclusively of former PAC 12 schools. That's, that's my take. We will see. I think that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, none of us know, but I, I think you, you, we all, all three of us do agree, but we've agreed from the beginning. 
that the Big Ten is not going to stop with USC and, and UCLA. There's yeah. more to come. The question is who and when and in how much. Um, but it's the, the, the wheels are in motion, even though we can't see them moving. Uh, under the curtain, it's it's ironic that the that the board of regents could actually be the people who speed up the end right. <laughs> of the Pac-12, and then I think we just have to wait to see what happens to the ACC, and that will largely dictate the final form of, of this. Exactly, exactly. Stay with us; much more to come right here. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network at Busey Bank. We understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, um, the NCAA announcing its future Final Four sites, and for the first time ever, Vegas, baby, is on the list. Uh, 2027 through 2030 uh, being on there. Uh, Detroit gets it in 2027. Las Vegas in 2028. And then Indy and then the Cowboy Stadium down in suburban Dallas. Um, Brad Sturdy, of course, just got back from Vegas uh, last weekend. I think he's already right now. Is, looks, are, are, you, are, you, are you really online looking up? Hotel reservations for twenty. Yeah, I've already I already have my flight and hotel booked. I'm just saying um, for twenty twenty eight during the show. I was like, wait, what? We got this information. Oh, let's go. No, it's exciting, man. First time it's ever been in Las Vegas. Um, you hopefully they have water by then. But you know, overall, I think it's, <laughs> it's a little. That's a lot of Gatorade, Gatorade will handle it. Yeah, Gatorade, little Gatorade. But no, it's I I tell you what, it's fantastic to see it be there. 
for anyone who's ever been to the NCAA tournament too in Vegas. So now I wonder though, will it have an impact on all the people that go the first? Because you know that's a huge thing is to go the first weekend of the NCAA tournament and go to Las Vegas. Well, then you got to go back two weeks later. I guess I'll have to do that, Larry. I'll have to make the double there, go the first weekend, and then to the Final Four. Uh, I'll, I'll make the sacrifice. I, I think we all just we just camp out. Why leave? Yeah. Stay the middle week. <laughs> you know, th- this is why when people think of great American heroes, they think of Brad Sturdy. Because he's willing to spend that time in Vegas covering basketball or just doing whatever he does in Vegas, but we can't talk about whatever well, that is. You know, maybe I'll see a show. Maybe I'll go out. Maybe I'll do some gambling. Maybe I'll... there's, there's a little, there's a few things you can do in Vegas to kill your time. Sturdy at thunder down under. <laughs> you, can lose, you can lose yourself. And that's why there are no clocks. <laughs> that is true. That's, yeah. Which I always laugh when you would hear, you know, Dennis Rodman was seen at 4 a.m. in Las Vegas. I'm like, so were 20,000 other people. Like, it's, well, I, I love how they, they pump the extra oxygen into the casinos because yeah. it's like four in the morning and you think it's 8 p.m. <laughs> I go. feel great. I feel great. You go back to your room and it's like 5.15. You're like, 5.15? I must Why have gotten here. here. Right. Oh, oh, it's all the next day. <laughs> so so we're going to – here's a funny story. Guys, we were playing out there. They used to have the Masters, uh, like fastball, fast-pitch softball tournaments out there in Las Vegas, 15 overs and 14 overs. And guys would be like, you know, play games at all hours. They're getting up. And they, just to tell your point, they got up to go to their 8 o'clock a.m. game, and they find three of their guys are still at the casino blackjack bar to go together like, oh, crap. I think I'm going to miss this one. <laughs> trust, trust me, we used to do sales meetings there all the time. And one, one time myself and a few other district managers get out of the car at like, I don't know, 5 in the morning, and the VP of sales is is – walking out and he's like hey guys i'll see you at the 6 30 meeting we're like there is no 6 30 meeting he goes there is for you guys <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you're wondering the next final four is in houston and that is the site of us uh, and very happy world series champions the astros are getting the largest postseason share ever five hundred and sixteen thousand dollars each and change it's pretty good. sturdy money yeah it's, hey it's it's good work if you can get it you know, for, uh, you know, six games, uh, that's pretty good, right? I mean, I, you know, it's about one, you know, I have to work two or three radio shows to get that. So that's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, You know, and, and for those people who are Astros haters, which there is a, there is a sizable segment, this is just another reason to envy them. So they've won, they've won it, they've won it. You're worried about whatever they may have done. And now they get paid an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, meanwhile, a couple of uh, massive contracts as uh, Lance Leipold at Kansas and Mark Stoops at Kentucky, uh, the latest to join the mega contract deals. How about uh, Mark Stoops, who has made Kentucky football relevant? Let's just face it, 65 wins in 10 years, uh, extended through 2030 uh, at roughly $9 million a year. Wow. That's good, right? Good money if you can get it too. Yeah. That shows that, but how about Kansas making an investment in their guy? Right. I mean, Leipold, they, they're also investing $300 million in their football facility, too, because they probably have the worst football facility of high majors. You know, the, them and Northwestern, Northwestern is going to upgrade theirs, too. So, um, yeah, these they're making commitments to when you get a guy who can win and bring your program to relevancy, man, you got to make that commitment to keep them, because if you don't, they're going to go somewhere else. Well, and, and Stoops has brought a team from the verge of death and turned it into a contender. 
um, Leipold, the only concern I would have is, you know, you don't want him to be the guy who in year two plummets. So you hope you've got, you hope you've got the right guy there. Um, uh, and, and, you know, you also would wonder, you know, will Illinois have some sort of extension for Bielma with the year he's had? There's several coaches that you just don't want to let get away with open positions that are out there right now. This is true. Leipold, 58 years old. Uh, he's led Kansas to its first bowl appearance since 2008. Uh, don't see the terms of his deal, uh, but it is through 2029. So, yeah, like you said a lot of money being spent out there and not on basketball in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. That does it for us here for Brad and for Mike on Larry. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you right back here. Same place, same time. Take care. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.